This is the Sunshine Bridge, a program which highlights the lives and diverse perspectives of those who live and work here in the state of Louisiana. I'm Elizabeth Eads. Cody Riker is a Baton Rouge-based musician whose style sweeps from singer-songwriter to a new wave synth-pop sound. He's a friend and has always resided in my memory as a great friend who, oh yeah, is a musician and who studied at the LSU School of Music. We hadn't seen each other in maybe a decade, so you can imagine the pleasant surprise it was to stumble upon his music in a happenstance online sort of way. He put out his EP, Riker, in 2019, and it features more of that poppy synth sound. And he's got a new single out now called Charlie Brown, which features him playing guitar, doing that singer-songwriter thing. I was really caught by the honest emotion of his lyrics. And he's just one example of the many talented musicians here in the Baton Rouge area and in the state. And like I said, he's a friend. So when we got together for this show, we really didn't have much of a plan. We really did just kind of crack the mics open while together with some friends. And this is the interview that followed. We hope you enjoy. So we have a candle set. We have some mood lighting. We do. There is some lamp light right next to us. Mm -hmm. You've got a a shark mug you're drinking out of. Fish your friends, not food. (laughs) You have a a clown next to you. Pierre, yes. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. You're a musician. I am. Tell me a little bit about how you started getting into your own music. I was probably about a junior in college, and I went to um, the LSU School of Music, um, and I played saxophone. And finally, a group of friends of mine, we sort of put a little band together, and I was playing the tenor saxophone in that band. And after watching my friend Bonnie, who's also a fabulous um, musician, um, sing and write her own songs, it really, like, I caught the bug Mm -hmm. in a way. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I could totally do that because I always wrote poetry. So it was like, I, I have to do this. So I remember being, like, a junior in college, like, in my little first apartment that I ever had writing tons of bad songs, you know, because for every like good song you write, like the next six or seven are like, ain't worth showing anybody. Um, But I started getting into it and getting into it and a little bit of time went by and I finally put my first little band together with my roommate, Steven Nelson, wonderful musician who's in New Orleans, drummer. And my friend Annie Carlson, a, a lovely bass player um, in projects like the Nocturnal Broadcast, another local group. And um, we were called Mr. Owl. How do you decide on band names? I'm always curious about that. Um, well, it was actually really funny, this story. I was going over to Steven's apartment after we had you know, sort of moved out from each other. And I pulled up, and I'm very into like, mysticism and symbolism and the occult and astrology and all that kind of stuff well I pulled up into his apartment complex and there was this big like barrier fence like in front of where my car was and when I pulled up the car the largest owl I've ever seen in my life was sitting (laughs) on this fence like staring directly at me 
and I was like frozen in the car staring at this magnificent beast just looking me in the eyes which like owls are terrifying and they're large like yeah. people don't realize how large they really are but we probably how big, how big would you say this one was I mean there's all um, sorts of owls so oh at least uh like two feet tall maybe two and a half three feet it was huge you're showing me from your torso up is basically what you're showing yeah me. it was large yeah <laughs> and uh, it stared me down and it kind of had an effect on me and i did a little google search about like what does it mean like when an owl appears to you and like animal familiars and what the message i got was is that owls represent um death but they also represent like rebirth and wisdom. And sometimes that death is like the death of old ideas. And I sort of committed myself through the music to always evolving mm -hmm. and trying to, you know, grow wiser through whatever sort of trials and tribulations I had. So we called the band Mr. Owl and... After, you know, starting a social media presence and everything, I realized I'm like the Tootsie Roll Corporation would probably have a, an issue <laughs> if I, you know, continue to call our, my project Mr. Owl, you know, how many licks? So I switched the name with the lovely help of my friend Sierra to Wise Birds. So mm -hmm. we were called Wise Birds for a little bit. And, you know, after a year or two and some members coming, some going, Annie and Drew always staying. Annie and Drew, I'm sorry, Annie and Steven always staying. Um, we eventually broke up in, I think, 2018. And then I was sort of sitting there having a predicament of like, okay, like I know I can sing and I know I can write songs. I mean, you studied music. I did, but yeah. I didn't really play guitar um, I played piano, but I'm not Elton John, okay. you know, okay. so I was like, I probably am. And it wasn't really the kind of music that I was making anyway. So I was like, how do I sort of, you know, go solo? How do I do this? Which started the process of over the years of learning how to produce my own music, learning how to play guitar. Um, and really just working closer and closer to becoming as self-sufficient as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, what did you study in LSU exactly? Music education. Okay. So how, I guess, I don't really know what goes on in the music education program. Um, they make everybody take piano classes, which fortunately I already knew how to play. So I sort of, you know didn't have to work too hard during piano techniques. Um, but I mostly played saxophone, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And that was my primary instrument. I was an instrumentalist, instrumental music education. So I had to take lessons with Dr. Campbell at LSU, like the best saxophone player I've ever heard. <laughs> um, but I learned so much from him. And I, I would say like, the background and the theory and everything I just learned about, you know, what it means to, as, as far as like, I mean, I learned, I didn't know how to practice at one point. Oh. And so I was able to just take in all this information and sort of put it in my little toolbox that down the road. Now I, I'm, I'm really grateful. I went, it was a difficult time in my life, but 
I feel like I really did learn a lot. Okay. And I'm now able to make use of those things that I learned. Whenever you think about a musician sort of coming into their own, how how much does it how much does it help the 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 education that we have here? You know, for the degree that you studied. Mm-hmm. How do you understand how you put that stuff together, I suppose? Because, I mean, you're saying you have to learn, you have to recognize how you're going to produce, how you're going to um, write stuff, how you're going to play an instrument that you hadn't played before, really. I was able to take all of the theory, because we have to take theory classes. Um, I was able to take my knowledge of music history from the music history classes that we also had to take. And as well as the the practice techniques and just what I learned about being a musician in those private lessons. Because, I mean, yes, I was taking saxophone lessons, but there's so much more, you know, private lessons teach you on a whole just how to be a good musician. And I was able to, you know, take that knowledge of history and that theory and those practice techniques and apply it to when it came time for me to learn guitar um, or I decided to learn the guitar it really wasn't that difficult because I did have that background did you teach yourself I took a couple lessons from a friend of mine uh, Ryan Irwin who helped produce my first EP Um, but after that he pretty much was like look you've already been to music school like you know the deal Mm -hmm. so he he basically gave me the the accelerated version and then I pretty much self-taught okay. after that. Okay. So cool. So tell me about the first piece of music that you put out. The first piece of music. Well, the first piece of music that you have put out that yeah. Go well, from there. Yeah. <laughs> well the first thing I ever put out was that um well the music that I did with Wise Birds and mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. L Wise Birds. Um we had a little EP that we put out and I was so green, you know, I had never recorded before. Everything was so new to me and overwhelming. And, um, I was really insecure at the time of not only, um, you know, my songwriting, but also my voice and, um, my artistic presence and just, you know, who I was as a musician. Um, I still think some of those recordings are, you know, there's something there, you know, I go back and they're not on Spotify or anything anymore, but I go back and I listen to them in my Dropbox sometimes. Uh And, um, I, I, I can hear that, you know, there was something tangible forming. Um, and that sort of evolved a little bit more. That was very much an indie rock project. Once I moved into making, my solo EP, which is on currently on Spotify and Apple Music and everywhere fine music is distributed. <laughs> um, that was much... I moved into a sort of synth pop, um, indie pop sort of idiom because um, I love that kind of music. Mm-hmm. Um, always been into that. And I had never really been... In, I remember I would write these songs sometimes when I was in Wise Birds, and I would think, this is a really good song, but not for this project. See? And I would table them. And I'd let them sit in my voice memos, which I never delete. 
Okay. So when it came time for me to like, okay, well, let's do something as a solo project. Um, I started sort of going through the back catalog and also writing new things. And it, it was a really, I feel like that much more fit who I was at the time, artistically, that sort of synth pop idiom. So you've moved on to your own solo project. I have. And I've seen uh, a couple of things there. You have an EP and you have a couple of singles, like we were saying. But the last one that you put out, the Charlie Brown mm-hmm. number, um, that one is guitar. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I love the story of Charlie Brown. Um, I was sitting in my living room. I think it was either a couple days before, or like a couple days after Christmas. Um, and I was watching a Dolly Parton documentary on Netflix. And nice. I remember just really, I was really vibing because I love Dolly Parton. Who I was doesn't? Re- <laughs> who doesn't? Um, and I was really vibing with the kind of guitar that I was hearing. And so I, you know, pulled my guitar out and I just kind of started plucking along. And, um, you know, next thing I know... I just kind of started singing off the top of my head and the song started pouring out. And next thing you know, it was done. It just happened. It just happened pretty much. Pretty cool. Within a, within a day. It's funny that you tell me that it was Dolly Parton that you were listening to. Um, Whenever I listened to it first, I thought, Oh, well for, I had a couple of thoughts actually, because there's a lot of, there's a lot going on in the lyrics and, I don't know why it really just made me, I suppose in a good way, want to throw my phone across the floor. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of emotion in it is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, but I also heard this kind of country twang coming out mm-hmm. and I sat there and I wonder, I go, I wonder, I wonder if Cody's influences are country because I don't from just the stuff that I've known of you, I haven't known country to be like a, the primary kind of music that you're listening to, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting here wondering to myself, why uh, is it just because he's from South Louisiana that some of this is coming out or. Well, know? I mean, I do talk with a Southern accent mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I actually went to elementary school in Connecticut, um, kindergarten through fifth grade and the kids would make fun of me for having a southern accent you know it was around the time of um like when spongebob was airing and there was that whole episode of like sandy being from texas and people from texas are dumb (laughs) and she went on like a rampage and put them in their place Uh and but so the kids would be and i had lived in texas um so they were like you know you're from texas you're dumb so i specifically taught myself how to talk without a southern accent you know mm-hmm. um and as i've just gotten older and more comfortable in my own skin um i'm just like that's how i that's how i talk right you know but there is like a twang that's happening in that particular song yeah so, yeah and i think that's um that's just something that comes out when i get emotional Okay. You know, because I feel like I grew up listening to like country music with my mom, like in the car, and it was a part of my growing up in childhood. And um, what artists? 
uh, <laughs> it's funny you ask. Um, like I remember listening to like Dixie Chicks and, but also Dolly Parton and uh, Willie Nelson. Oh my gosh, my mom loves Willie Nelson, and we she'll play piano sometimes, and I'll sing, and we'll do. Uh, my heroes have always been cowboys, so I feel like there's this underneath all the you know, the pop and the synths and the veneer and the drum machines. There's this very, like, country part of me that exists at its most, uh, you know, distilled space. And that's the new music that I'm working on now. I'm sort of trying to operate from that space because it feels most honest. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the Charlie Brown song? You know, I struggle with codependency. And, you know, as toxic as things got with my ex, like there were so many marking points where it should have been like, just pull the plug, like Lord of mercy, (laughs) you know? Um, And so, I mean, in the chorus, it's, you know, and if you're gone, I pray, like, please stay away from me, you know? Um, I'm lying, like I'm lying, bleeding out on the floor and, you know, I don't have much more left to pour in a glass here for you. Like, I just got to this point where I was so, like, bottom of the barrel. Just done. I don't know. I feel like as a Virgo, sometimes I over-intellectualize my emotions. Hello, Virgo land. Hi. Virgo, hey. Hi, girl. <laughs> um, I feel like sometimes I over-intellectualize my emotions and... I just end up going around in this state where I'm completely detached from them. And it's rare for me to, you know, just come right out and say, like, I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm hurting right now and I need help. And it's really hard for me to do that. I understand. Believe me, I do. (laughs) Um, What song are you going to play for us now? Charlie Brown. Are you going to play it, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, cool. Don't have much 
Yeah, that was great. Just really emotional. And I feel, I see that you've come back from it emotional yourself. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's it's hard to revisit, you know, because I'm doing, at this point in my life, like I'm doing really well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I've moved past it. And I'm, Tell me about Charlie Brown. Like, tell me who Charlie Brown is to you. Um, Charlie Brown's the, 
the lovable loser. You know, he's the fool. He's the optimist. Um, that, you know, even if things aren't going right and everything's crumbling around him, you know, he keeps, for better or for worse, you know, he keeps up a, he keeps trying. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. <laughs> I think there's a lot of Charlie Brown and a lot of different people. I feel that, I feel that song so strongly when I, when I first heard it. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it like I said, it 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 doesn't matter, you know, how well I'm doing or anything, but you know, going back and revisiting those moments, um, you know, it's like it brings it all back again. Does it help heal any or I think so. I think every time I think every time we feel it and allow ourselves to feel we heal a little bit more. You know, I think the the healing is in the crying. It is in the feeling. It's when we repress and, you know, shut ourselves off from our emotional selves that we really commit the most violence to ourselves. Wow. Because that's when, you know, that's, that's all depression is. It's just the numb. It's the void. It's just the nothing. It's like in the never-ending story, you know, they talk about, you know, what is it, the nothing? Um, the nothing, yeah. Um, you know, threatening to overtake everything because the people stop believing. And, you know, we have to to feel our way through these, um, these moments. Mm-hmm. I have all the feels right now. <laughs> yeah. For 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 those of you listening, we're both fully crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> um Yeah. Well, tell me tell me what um you, cuz you've got these songs on Spotify and stuff. How are you? Are you performing doing how is it going with COVID and stuff, you know? It's slow. Yeah. It's slow. Yeah. You know, I've played um, maybe one, two, three, four gigs in the last um, few months. You know, I think I played, um, I booked a show in August with a couple people. And then I played like a house party situation in September. And then I played at Tin Roof Brewery in October. And then I really didn't do anything. And I just played a show January 15th at Yes Be Cannibal on government. Um, But, you know, at the moment, I currently don't. I don't have anything in the fire but I don't know. I kind of start to get this feeling in my bones when something's coming. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, I kind of, you know, like, because someone always reaches out and, you know, 
says, hey, you want to do this? Or you want to hop on this lineup? Or, you Uh know, um, I'm not super uh, focused on, like, trying to book shows and tour right now because I am recording and recording new music. And I'm more, you know, that seems to... I'm balancing this line of... Because sometimes... um, you know, I feel like I have two sort of artistic selves. There's like the very synth pop, electronic, you know, almost glamorous. You know, I put glitter on and wear furs and shiny things and heels. And I explore this like androgyny and it's very fun. And, um, you know, disco balls and things like that. But then there's this other performer side of me that's like the Charlie Brown side where it's very much like cowboy boots and blue jeans and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm wearing a button-up mm-hmm. flannel shirt. Red and, flannel, yeah. You know, red <laughs> flannel shirt. And, uh, you know, I, I jokingly say to my friends, like, I'm having my Joanne moment. Nice. Like Lady Gaga. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, fully having my Joanne moment. But I'm really trying to figure out how to balance um, these two sort of artistic selves. And it's interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, what do you think facilitates one or the other? It just sort of depends on... Because I like doing both. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the ultra vulnerable sort of... Um, you know, more acoustic sounding, you know, almost country folk singer songwriter influence stuff. But like I said, I also love to put glitter on my face and <laughs> put on the eyeliner and the heels and um, vibe to the drum machine. Right. You know? So the masked and the unmasked. Really? Versions. Yeah. It's very that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Can we have. Um, a masked version of you? The mask? Yeah, of course. I think we could probably, we could probably do that. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I want to do that. I want to, I want to hear that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can have a little synth pop moment. <laughs> okay. Let's go for sort it. Sort of an impromptu synth pop moment. Okay. Cool. What's this song going to be? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> we have to decide. <laughs> Let me look. <laughs> let's, let's figure out what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um... Okay, I'm going to do this song, um, Holy Holy. Mm-hmm. Um, I will release it one day. Oh, so someday. We're, getting, we're getting something unreleased. I think it's I think it's done, honestly. I think it's done. I just haven't actually sit down to... Because I've been having my sort of acoustic, unmasked Joanne moment. For sure. And um, it just didn't feel like the right time to release it, but... It is new and it is done and I have performed it live. So um, I will gladly perform that now. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Sophomore skin and a predilection For the darker things in life 
led me to that man's apartment Zipped me up and took a ride So if you use my body once in a while Use caution Every hand that's here remains But if you use my body Once in a while I'll soften We'll make holy the Okay, um, so this one kind of, <laughs> it's um, this one kind of came out of trauma, honestly, mm-hmm. um, and my relationship with you know, physical intimacy, and, um, you know, when I was younger, when I was about 20, um, I was sexually assaulted, um, in college and I sort of began to view you know 
physical intimacy as this sort of dirty, scandalous thing. And which, you know, which the true like intention, it's supposed to be this sort of, you know, divine meeting of bodies and this exchange of energy that, you know, for some people create life. And I think there is something inherently divine about our sexual natures. And I felt like, you know, mine had sort of been perverted in a way through that trauma. And so in a way, you know, I was, I'm asking or was asking, I've, I've done quite a bit of work um, in that department, you know, in therapy um, with regards to like, you know, asking partners, like, please use me with caution. Like, I'm, you know, I remember my um, my ex-partner would come up behind me sometimes just, you know, in the apartment and would kind of, like, surprise me. And, you know, as flirtatious as he intended it, it scared me because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't see it coming. Um, so those sort of, you know, trauma responses were ingrained in me. And... This song for me is really about like, you know, asking for what I need and that is a little bit of patience and just let me, you know, let me get comfortable, let me really trust you and then we can, you know, create something that, you know, for all intents and purposes, should be holy. Mm. Wow, that's pretty deep. Cody, who are you? (laughs) I'm just a boy from South Louisiana with long hair (laughs) (laughs) who sings about his feelings. I feel like you're just channeling so much of my energy and even some of my experiences that it's really just how is it that we lost touch with each other again i don't know (laughs) i don't know but um i don't know it is it's nice to hear you say that because i get scared sometimes with you know quite how vulnerable Mm -hmm. my songs can be you know that I mean, they just flat out expose me and my character Mm -hmm. and all my, you know, trials and tribulations and personal struggles. And, you know, some people would argue that, you know, that's too much. You know, you got to keep some things to yourself. But if somebody can hear my music and, you know, really resonate with it on that level and feel seen and heard, then I think I did my job as an artist. And that was the masked version of you. And that was the masked version with the glitz and the glamour. Right. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's so wild. So maybe it's not so much masked. Maybe it's just, you know. With glitz. With glitz. Yeah. With a little bit of flair. (laughs) Uh, That's really great. Okay. Well, um, we have had just a wonderful conversation. And also, I need to, we need to say thank you to Garen and Jenny Yes, thank um, you, Garen. Thank you, Jenny. Yes, thank you so much. They've been doing a sound and sound setup for us, and it's so appreciated. So, so, so appreciated. Um, 
you have another song I do. that you uh, you said that you'd like to perform. I'd love to hear about it. It is brand new. Um, I have not really played it for. I think Garen might have heard it once. Truth be told. Okay. Um, but um, it is brand new. I intend to record it on my forthcoming project. Um, it is called We Were the Nightlife. And, you know, it's a, it's sort of a combination. I had a, a song idea a few years ago um, after a breakup that I had, and I didn't quite know what to do with just that chunk of the song. And um, in 2021, the, the rest of it came to me, you know, about five years later. That's so, so crazy. Um, but it, it just finally mm-hmm. seemed right. And I, I finally knew what to say to finish uh, it. understand. So um, I'm going to perform that now. Awesome. Ready. Okay. Karaoke King Won't you sing for me Mr. Spinning on my top In the spectacle I forgot I was the comeback kid On something you never wanted to buy Cause you can laugh the idea And still make a grown man cry So it's fine, all right And I try to keep it light When it's time to give up the fight Say goodbye when we were the nightlight Discount shot you shoot before you take the stage again. Cause you can say you're in love and swear to me that I'm your biggest fan. So it's fine, alright. And I try.
Cody Riker. That was wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. And where can people get your music? They can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, YouTube, Tidal Music, anywhere that fine music is distributed. Thank you again. It's been a real, it's just been so wonderful and exciting to talk with you again. Thank you for being with me this evening. Thank you. It's been lovely catching up with you. Same. You've been listening to The Sunshine Bridge, a show which showcases the work and lives of Louisianians. As Cody mentioned, his music is available in all of the usual places, and you can find links to his music on the show description tab. Special thanks to audio engineer Garen Costa Jr. and assistant audio engineer Jenny Herman. The show's opening and closing theme music is by Arnav Srivastav. If you have questions, comments, or a story to share with the show, please send an email to thesunshinebridge at gmail.com. I'm Elizabeth Eads. Thanks for listening. Until next time.